0: Hello my little bear cubs and welcome back to another episode of Secondhand Therapy. Need to remind you we're not therapists, we're not experts. Uh we're just you know, Papa Bear and his little boy.
1: Happy late Thanksgiving. Ha-
0: whatever dude, who gives a shit? What? what?
1: That's a, that's a thing.
0: What is a thing? Thanksgiving. Yeah. We missed it. It's like the OG genocide day.
1: Oh, I take it back. <laughs>
0: Shout out to the Pilgrims. (laughs) Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Play the music. I
2: don't fucking know.
0: She hit me with a a whole new perspective on attachment styles this Mm. week. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. Um, So we talked about attachment styles in, what is episode three? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. see attached, something like that. And we kind of went through the book and we were going through technical stuff. She really put it in the layman's terms for me. Um, Were we way off? No, we were close. Okay, but (laughs) that's good. She she like put it into a sentence Right Essentially So Anxious attachment Is Sitting across from you Yeah (laughs) It's wearing It's wearing a red hat (laughs) Uh huh Covering up that freshly bleached hair Ooh He bleached his hair again He looks great But he's being bashful And I don't know why Guess who's back 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 Oh trying to find girls And daddy shaved his head Yeah Daddy was growing out his hair and Daddy said, why is Daddy doing this? So Daddy shaved the head again, right? <laughs> so let's acknowledge it right off the bat. I look like a bouncer. I get it. Eat my cock. Now, anxious attachment mm-hmm. is essentially when you feel um, the relationship isn't going well or you feel threatened or something, anxious attached people are going to latch on. Mm. That's how she described it to me. She's like, you're going to grab on. You're going to hold on tight. Okay. Fearful is the opposite. When you feel the relationship is getting turbulent or anything like that, you push them away because that feels safer to you. Mm. Yeah, essentially, that's the difference. And uh, obviously, the goal of a relationship is to be in a secure relationship. Right. And the way she phrased that was a secure relationship. You are going to feel held and free Simultaneously, I've never felt that in a relationship of you. I think so. Yeah, you felt held and free. I think so. Who was holding you? (laughs) Because why are you lying to the bear cubs? Who was holding you? Nobody held you. Tell me. Yeah, you're right. Tell daddy.
1: I had to hold myself down, dog.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You feel held and free. And that was very interesting to me because it makes perfect sense you feel perfectly comforted but you also feel free to do what you want to do and be your own person and that won't be a threat you won't have to be apologizing for things
1: but how do you uh you know cuz i just uh, i apologize for everything all the time so yeah you know even if i'm being held <laughs> yeah. i still feel like i'll be like I'm, I'm sorry you're holding me so much yeah yeah don't do that <laughs> yeah yeah stop apologizing yeah i'm yeah. sorry I don't know how to kill me. (laughs) Is it a you think it's a people pleaser thing? Is that for sure? Yeah,
0: I I think you might not like this. Mm -hmm. You're very codependent. Mm. You're a very codependent person, and Mm. you are very much a people pleaser. Mm. Oh yeah, you can't handle the thought of someone not liking you yeah a lot of the things i think you do a lot of your actions are to get make sure everybody likes you,
2: you mm, put absolutely it, you yeah. put
0: everybody else's how everybody else feels above yourself you'd rather have somebody like you while you're miserable than do what makes you happy and maybe they're not pleased with it mm-hmm and that's called dependent. <laughs> That's, that's codependent. That's, that's codependent. not just
1: people-pleasing and, and well, anxious.
0: People-pleasing uh, people is another word for codependence, essentially. Oh. I mean, codependence is deeper than that, but... Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, I didn't know that they were brothers. Yeah, bro, they... <laughs> they Siamese twins,
1: <laughs> my boy. Okay, then. Well, yeah. that explains a lot. Yeah. Uh, I have been practicing these... Uh, this. I don't know if I've been practicing it, but I've been trying to have these conversations, more these uncomfortable conversations. With who? Um, whom? With whom? With people in my life that maybe I've made an obligation to or have, don't want, I don't want to upset them. Mm. And, uh, and every time I have the conversation, it becomes, I'm, I'm seeing that it's easier and easier, that people just don't give a fuck. Yeah. That I'm like, oh, you know, here's something that I'm stressing about so much and like worried about having and putting off the conversation. And then eventually when I have it, they're like, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. You play it up in your head. It's like this whole conversation, how you're going to handle it. And they're like, oh, yeah, no problem.
0: Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. Hold on.
1: I had a whole speech. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So that's been interesting for me to see uh, kind of unravel. And it's been helpful for me, too, in that people pleasing way to be like, hey, man, just... It's okay. People yeah. aren't going to fucking hate you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so my my session this week was uh basically a follow-up of last week. Yeah. Um and we talked a lot about you know, dating and relationships and all that kind of stuff, and we talked about attachment styles and you know, she asked basically how I felt about getting into a relationship again, if that were to happen, mm. shut it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Don't. <laughs> nope. <laughs>
1: uh, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. Uh, and
0: I'm scared. Mm. I'm really, really scared of, uh, the idea of being in a relationship again. It's terrifying. And of course why? Yeah, it's why is that terrible? Why is that scary? The people wanna know. <laughs> yeah. Um so hold on, let me check and got my thoughts here. Um Well It's a few things. So one I spent I spent the last few years uh single. And doing a lot of reflecting yeah. on my relationships and my past partners and things I like, things I didn't. Times I was a good partner, times I wasn't. Um, and uh, one of the things that if I get into a relationship again, I want it to be a healthy, balanced relationship. Where in the past, um, as soon as I like somebody and like we've communicated that we like each other and there could be a thing here. Mm-hmm. I kind of tend to just go all in and be like alright we're doing this and it it's really hot and heavy and then it uh, turns a little codependent mm. and you know I'm spending most of my time with that person and I'm neglecting friends I'm neglecting other relationships in my life I don't want to do that like I want I really want to maintain my individuality I want my potential partner to maintain their individuality. Um, so I want to just go into it with taking it slow with those things in mind. And I realize I've i never had this awareness or this approach to uh, getting into a relationship before. So I think that's a good start. That yeah. I have this like presence of I want to focus on these things and I want these things to be top of mind. And, um, you know, she obviously said, communication is number one to make sure I'm communicating those things. And then she said, uh, boundary setting is going to be very important. And, um, I, and I asked for guidance on like, how do you set a boundary with your partner or somebody that you're dating and you're like, there might be a thing here and you're already hitting them with boundaries. Yeah. And then she schooled me on boundaries. (laughs) You (laughs) learned that this week was all about learning. Yeah. (laughs) We're learning all these new terms. Blew my fucking mind with boundaries. So in my mind, boundaries have always been essentially like setting rules with other people of like what is and is not crossing the line. Yeah. And she made a damn good point in that (laughs) boundaries are only for you. They involve Mm. nobody else. So a boundary essentially is you making a promise to yourself that if another person does X, Y, or Z, you will respond accordingly. Because Mm. if you think of it as setting rules with other people, you're then thinking you can control their behavior. And you can't do that. Right. You can only set the boundary with yourself. So if they do X, Y, and Z, I will respond accordingly. You just, you're, you have to hold yourself accountable and it's a deal you make with yourself and that's it. And that made a lot of sense to me.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's, and that goes back into my people pleasing. I have a hard time setting boundaries with Mm -hmm. people and because it does feel like setting rules for them and rules make you feel meaner. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, boundaries are real hard for me. Yeah, because it can feel like you're,
0: if you go to set a boundary with somebody, you're basically telling them like, oh, hey, heads up, we're going to have a conversation in the future. Yeah. And you're already putting that energy out there. You're putting the potential for them to think you've had this on your mind forever. It, yeah, I see, I see the struggle. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I'm already starting a fight.
1: Yeah, exa- yeah. It feels like inviting company over, and then as soon as they get there, they'll be like, "All right, house rules." Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Wait, a minute, we just got here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, nope. These are the yeah. house rules. We got to go over these. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, I don't live here. There's no house rules for all. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. It feels like you're putting people in trouble. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't, know, I don't, know, I don't like that. So
0: yeah, boundaries are just for you. Hmm. You got to hold yourself accountable and keep the promise to yourself that if somebody crosses a boundary that you have, that you communicate with them about it. Blew my fucking mind off.
1: Mm, why do I Why do I keep associating boundaries with being mean? I don't know. Because I'm like, well, then you have to be mean later. <laughs> it's either being mean right up front and be like, this is, it feels that way. Or it feels like, oh, they did cross the boundary. Now I have to. But don't you think it's kind of the same
0: as these difficult conversations where you think everyone's going to be mad and they just come back and like, yeah, no problem. If you go to somebody and you go, Hey, I just wanted to communicate with you. You know, you did this last week and I am, I didn't like the way, the way it made me feel. So, um, I, I would like to steer clear of that in the future and they go, Oh, and they're probably just going to go, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to like, thank you for letting me know. That's probably going to be there yeah unless it's my dad
1: yeah right (laughs) in my head it always ends with them being like this is insane you're a crazy person i don't want to be friends with you (laughs) yeah get out of my life and i'm like "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm." but for if you went
0: to somebody with something they did that you didn't like and that was their reaction doesn't that say a lot about them
1: i i you know uh, a logical person would say yes what would you, but I would say, what would, you, what would you say? I would say, oh no, they hate me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do I fix this? They can't oh, hate me. Oh no, <laughs> oh no, they hate me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I, oh so funny. man, yeah. I I would take the abuse, and I, I I don't very. I'm I am starting to speak up for myself more and more now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but years, I just I would just live with the pain or the shame yeah. or whatever, and just be like, yep.
0: Got it. So when you, in the past, when you would live with the pain and the shame, as you put it,
2: mm-hmm.
0: how often does that come up? Like, how often do you think about those things? Or how often do you feel that pain and shame?
1: Pretty good at pushing it down. Yeah. Not, listen, not a healthy answer. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we know who we're talking to like, for sure. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty good at pushing it down. And uh, then once it's out of sight, out of mind, then, uh, you know, it comes up every once in a while, you know, and it hurts. And I'll be like, no, no, no. Get back down there.
0: Is it just hurt? Is it just hurt about what they did? Or is it hurt because you feel. Or is there like shame associated with it? Like I really didn't stand up for myself.
1: Yeah, there is. Yeah. Guilt and shame attached to not sticking up for myself or saying something mm-hmm. and then hurt from whatever they did or annoyance from whatever they did or frustration, whatever. So it's, it's a dual emotion there. It's, it's, I'm angry again about whatever bothered me or frustrated or whatever. And then I'm, feel guilty or shameful on my own about being like why the fuck didn't you say something Mm. what what, what's going on here dude speak up and then i'm just like it's fine huh and then i just let it go i don't let it go but I don't let it go because it's still in there hey push it down yeah (laughs) that's a better way to put it yeah i push it down and then you know it comes up again and i go no 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 get back down there
0: does it help you like when those things resurface from the past, does it help you kind of move forward now and be like, I'm not that guy anymore?
1: Yes. And also it helps those, um, those doors stay closed. Um, You know, in those relationships or friendships and stuff has happened or it's ended. Mm -hmm. um, In those kind of nostalgic moments that you have of being like, man, wasn't that time of my life great? And you're like, Hey man, <laughs> Remember this, this, and this, and yeah, oh yeah, that hindsight, yeah, yeah, you're like, oh yeah, fuck that, yeah, so it helps keep those those doors closed, yeah, so uh,
0: how's your boundary setting going have you- seen, you have set boundaries recently, mm-hmm, and it went great,
1: yeah, yeah, all of this is so again, it's the people pleaser in me this realization of how easy things can be or how like people operate all the time and I haven't. Yeah. So it, it's it been such an enlightening <laughs> year for me to be like, Oh, I can stick up for myself or I can set a boundary or I can do this or that. And they're not going to hate me or be mad at me. Yeah. Um, I still struggle with it. Yeah, of course. It still takes me time, but, um, I've always been a pretty open dude and I overshare a lot. Yeah. And I think that also helps me in those areas. I think those kind of give me a strength of that way I can over explain why I'm setting a boundary or whatever. So it's not because that's that I guess that is my fear is not. Explaining enough, and I think that that's where the miscommunication happens, and that's where the hate starts to brew. I assure you, you've never underexplained
0: <laughs> anything, ever. <laughs> ever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, so, boundaries. And mm-hmm. then, had another little light bulb go off in therapy about... Why I might be scared about the idea of getting in a relationship again.
1: Mm. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You brought this up just now to not talk about it. Because I have to. Because this is what the, this is the podcast.
0: Yeah. We talk about our uncomfortable shit mm-hmm. from therapy to help other people. It's for the bear cubs. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to. Okay. But I want you guys to know I don't I don't want to do this. Okay? So, here's what happened. <laughs> uh, I figured out that it might be uh a bit of an identity thing as well. Because Don't nod your head. Mm-hmm. Don't nod your head and slowly blink your eyes. No. Yeah. <laughs> So for the past five years, I have been the guy with the dead girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm that guy. I'm the guy with the dead girlfriend. I'm the guy who is very strictly single. I'm the guy who doesn't date. That's how people know me kind of Mm -hmm. like, what's going on with Lou. Hey, you start dating it. Like people know I'm not like, that's my thing. I'm, not doing it. And, um, I think I got very comfortable being that guy and it it became very safe to be that guy. Mm Uh, so the idea of essentially closing that chapter and moving on, to a new relationship is horrifying. Yeah. The, uh, the thought of calling a woman, my girlfriend or referring to somebody as like, Oh yeah, me, and my girl or dude, what? That's not, I don't do that. That's not me. Yeah. And that's really scary. The idea Yeah, the idea of leaving that part of my life behind is a weird thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. Like I said, I think I just feel safe and comfortable because I've been doing it for so long and it's, it's, it's become easy. Yeah. And the thought of like truly, because if you're going to be in a relationship with somebody and you're going to actually try to have a long-term thing and build something with another person that takes very that takes sincere vulnerability yeah um I don't want to that's it
1: <laughs> so we talked about this oh we don't the, have to talk about it on one of the dating episodes because I was curious to see if you still felt like you belonged to her and Yeah, I didn't know if those feelings were coming up again or if there was any attachment of, like, (laughs) if you move on, you no longer belong to that person. Well, I don't... I still
0: don't feel like I belong to her. Um, And I don't... I mean, you know how grief is. It's... um, I don't feel like if me being in a new relationship, I don't feel like I'm moving on from her. I'm not going to forget about her. Right. I'm not going to stop missing her. I'm not going to stop loving her. Um. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that it's about her or our relationship. I think it's, I really think it's just the idea of, letting go of that comfort because I think you'll relate. There's a lot of comfort in misery.
2: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: You can find a lot of comfort and just wallow in misery or depression or grief or anxiety. And it almost becomes this protective thing. Yeah. Cause you're like, this is what I feel. The idea of not the idea of, putting that behind you and moving forward from it, I think is so scary because that opens you up to experiencing it as a new thing again. Hmm. Cause you can fall back into it. Yeah. And then it's brand new and it's hard as fuck when it's brand new five years in, it's nothing. It's just this comfortable thing. But when it's brand new, That's when it's the darkest. Yeah. And I I think that's what the root of it is, is uh, the idea that, you know, say I do open up and connect with somebody and it ends in heartbreak, whether that be death (laughs) again, God, I fucking hope not or whatever else, you know, whatever else leads to heartbreak. And then maybe I'm that guy. I'm that heartbroken guy who's been single for two years again, because he's reflecting and trying to figure out what the fuck happened again.
1: Yeah. Um, So I think maybe that's it. Hmm. That's really interesting. That fear of the unknown or the risk. Yeah. But I don't think that, I mean, if you equate it to everything else in life, it's, it's kind of like that old argument, you know, of, Everything's risky. Yeah. And
0: Yeah, it's just like anything else. Yeah. You anything great is outside your comfort zone. Yeah. So.
1: I was also wondering too, and we've talked a little bit about this before. Um, I'm going to compare it to grief in a different way. There are some days when it was kind of closer to when mom passed. But there were some days I wasn't sad. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I had a good day. And, uh, you know, you feel like a piece of shit when you have a good day. Yeah.
0: You feel guilty because you feel okay for a minute.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And um, I didn't know if there was a little bit of that attached maybe to it of grieving, still having a hold, obviously. Yeah. Grief never goes away. So I didn't know if it was one of those things where you're like... Hey, I'm feeling these things again. I'm 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 being happy again, or I'm I'm actually going I'm getting out there again and grief is like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> Don't yeah, forget yeah. about me. And you're like, ah fuck. I know, I know you're here. I know you're here. Yeah. But I'm allowed to I'm allowed to be happy.
0: I hadn't thought about that, but I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there there is uh there is truth to
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a motherfucker.
0: Yeah. And then this bitch tried to put me in the room with it.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, your therapist was like, yeah. "Get in the room." <laughs> She's like, "All right, I'm gonna invite you to close your eyes and can we try and put these feelings in the room and see? Just ask them what they're scared of." Mm-hmm. And I said, "No." Wow.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I said, "Nah, I don't. I'm not going in the room today. No thanks." The
1: idea of like, anybody, I mean, you know, again, people pleaser here. Yeah. The idea of somebody being like, we're going to do this. And me being like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not on my radar, dog. There's no, I couldn't do it. It trips me whenever you say a scenario like this where you're like, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm like, you can just not yeah. do that? Like, what are you talking I about? Know, I know when I say no to people, sometimes
0: it blows your mind. It blows my fucking mind, dude. We were walking out of Costco today. and This yeah. guy's like, hey, we talking about your electric bill? And I go, Nah. <laughs> And you couldn't believe it. I was ready to pull it up on my phone. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Let's talk. What do you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, so she uh she said how do you feel about going in the room? And I said, "No, not today. I don't want to do that."
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And she goes, "Can we talk about why not?" And I said, "Sure. I mm-hmm. can do that. No problem." Yeah. And uh she goes, "What are you afraid's going to happen if we go in the room?" <laughs> it <I> hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and I told her, I was like, I'm afraid that I'm going to have a panic attack and I'm going to start crying. Yeah. And she said, why? And I said, because I think a lot of other things, because we're going in the room to talk about fears of being in a new relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I told her, I, I think all that is tied to my last partner's death. Mm-hmm. And I think all that's going to come flooding out in this process. And I, 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 I don't, I don't want to do that today. I was like, I'm going to have a massive panic attack and I'm going to start crying and I don't want to do that. And she goes, you know, this is the place to do that. right?" <laughs> yeah. She's like, this is the best place to have a panic attack or start crying. She's like, cause mm-hmm. uh, one, I'm trained to deal with those things 2 You're definitely not going to be alone. And I said, that's the fucking problem. I want to be alone. If those happen, I don't want you seeing me have a panic attack. I don't want you seeing me cry. I was like that. The problem is that the, you're here. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. 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 I don't want that. I don't want you seeing me do that, buddy. I know we talked about this last week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. You weren't you just busting my balls? You about, emote. Like, yeah, you emote. You should cry, and I'm. And now you're like, I ain't gonna cry in front of her. I, yeah. It's not gonna happen. Look, I was just telling you what to do. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> you prick.
0: Uh yeah.
1: Um Fuck, man. I yeah, it's I've been crying in therapy the last 3 weeks in a row. Is it uncomfortable? Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. No, maybe fucking-
0: maybe you feel safe.
1: Do you not feel safe? that's actually what she said. She has, mm. she's like,
0: w- w- she, cause you know, we did, you know, she does like the parts work. It's all somatic stuff. And, yeah. uh, yeah, that was her, her question was, you know, if you're crying, what, like, what does that feel like? And my first thing was it, I feel exposed and unsafe. Mm. Um, don't know why. Yeah, crying in front of people, I just feel it's way too vulnerable. Yeah. I don't know why. I can dribble. Like, I can leak tears. <laughs> yeah, Like, that. I can do that in front of somebody, no problem. You want me sobbing? Oh, no, no, no. Really? Absolutely not. Mm. Mm-mm. I can't remember. The last, well, I do. I was just going to ask you. When was the last time? That I, like, bawled? It
2: mm-hmm. was one of
0: those, like during grief where I was literally in the car with my sister and we pulled up to her house and she was going to hop up, hop out and get something. And she got out of the car and I was just bawling my eyes out behind the wheel.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and I finished. I was like, sorry about that. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. About <laughs> that. Sorry about that. You ready?
1: <sighs> yeah. Like you came too early. Sorry about that. This yeah, <laughs> never, never happens. Never happens. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: But the last time I think I truly like bawled in front of somebody was during grief. Hmm. Uh. I don't know. You're supposed to emote.
1: Yeah. You know what I've what I've learned about clips with millions of views (laughs) of
0: me being a fucking hypocrite.
1: What I've heard is you're supposed to show emotion. You are supposed to show it. You know. Yeah. You don't Um, just talk about it. Yeah. Interesting that you're bringing you Judas.
0: It is what it is, dude. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. I uh, I cried in therapy uh, this week. Yeah? Yeah. Let's hear about it. Oh, buddy. So, we all know there was a holiday happening <clears throat> uh, last week. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Yep. And uh, ho- holidays are for mom. Yep. Holidays are for mom. Holidays are always for mom. Yeah. Yeah. There always and, will be. Uh I was fine. I, I I had a great day. We had pizza. We had apple pie. We saw a terrible movie. We saw the worst movie of all time. Yep. <laughs> uh, we're not going to say what it is, but it was on Thanksgiving. Yeah,
0: and it was aptly titled for yes. the day.
1: Uh anyway. So you want to see a piece of shit... <laughs>
0: Go see a Thanksgiving. We've only movie. walked
1: out of two films. Yeah, you might watch a lot of movies. We've yeah. only walked out of two, and uh,
0: we watched uh, one. we watched more previews than we did of that movie. Oh That's God. how early we walked out. That's how bad it was. Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right, go ahead. So I, I it was a great day. I was doing great, and then uh, I went back home and uh, scrolling through TikTok, uh, getting ready for bed, scrolling through TikTok.
0: This was Thanksgiving night.
1: Yeah. All right. And uh, somebody had duetted. They were watching somebody play a, a guitar in like their little living room.
0: Mm, let's give them a shout out. Keep talking. I'm gonna look it up.
1: Yeah. Um, it's called Robert's Place, and uh, he's a singer songwriter, uh, young kid. And uh, so usually when people are watching, you know, like duets or something of somebody playing something, I'll I'll watch because they're like. You, in this in this particular video, they were just like crying while they were duetting. Yeah, and I which, was like,
0: okay, let's see what this is. Seeing the song, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I um, I watched the uh, the song. Yeah, and it's this little indie kind of folk song, and it's just like going down to Robert's place, and haven't been there in a while, and like wonder if they'll recognize me, and like all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then I slowly realized that uh, it's a dead dad song and yeah. that Robert is dead and it's his dad and he's going down and sitting underneath the tree that's by the gravestone, by his father's grave. And like there's like this great line in there that says, um, maybe I'll stay a little longer this time and fill him in on my little life. Yeah. yeah. And man, that was like... <laughs> <laughs> So let me tell you guys, it is,
0: the, TikTok, the TikToker's name who sings the song is Simon Robert French. Hmm. Um, if you go to our TikTok page, we did repost it. So if you look under our reposts, go look it up. It'll rip your fucking heart out.
1: Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to eat you up. Um, I listened to it five or six times in a row. Just, oh, boy. Just back to back. And it's and a good two, three minutes. Yeah. It's like and a
0: full song. It's got a hook and a chorus. Uh, yeah. Dude, by
1: like the third time, I'm bawling my eyes out and I'm singing along. I'm going down to Robert's place. <laughs> Dude.
0: Oh. See, and this is the oh. wallowing in misery that is so comfortable that we're talking about.
1: It fucked me up. Yeah. I And here's the thing. I don't look at it as wallowing. Of course not. I look at it as processing. Ah. Uh, it had been a while. Since you went to Robert's place? Uh, since <laughs> since, since I processed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being a holiday, I, I dug out a, a box in my closet of all these old family photos. And I put on some sad music. And I went through some photos so I could see my family. Jesus
0: Christ. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, I got a picture out of mom. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen in a while. Like, really seen, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. the aside from the picture in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and then I have a picture of her. I found a picture of her just, like, kind of neck to yeah. afro. Nice portrait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, nice big hair.
0: Yeah. Oh, Afro's immaculate. Oh, it's incredible. Absolutely immaculate.
1: Yeah. bigger the hair, closer to Jesus. Yeah. And, um... So I, uh, I'm staring at her photo and I'm crying and uh, out loud I start processing, just like telling her how much I missed her and all these things. Yeah. And then, uh, And then that feeling came up again that I had a few weeks ago after the dream. And I remember saying out loud After telling my mother how much I missed her the next thing out of my mouth was I don't know why I'm still here Yeah, and uh, That keeps coming up And uh, Yeah grief uh, That
0: feeling of Somebody you really love Leaving you behind Going, yeah, going on without you.
1: My therapist asked me if it was, because we talked about it obviously, and, and we, she asked me if it was if there was anger behind it,
2: mm.
1: and it's not anger or frustration. It literally is confusion. Mm. You know, it's it just it's rooted in that thought when mom first died. I was thirty one, and I'm going. What do you do the rest of your life without your mom? Yeah. And I think that has just spun out now into the realization of like, you know, it's eight or nine years later and I'm sitting there going, why am I here? Yeah. Who is this for? Yeah. And the the answer obviously is it has to be for me. Yeah. Life has to be for me. Yeah. And I know that, but that's not always, it doesn't always feel that way. You know? Yeah. Um, and so when I was talking to my therapist, also, like, I wanted to be clear that when I have these ideas of, um, suicide and things, it's, there's no mechanics behind it. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know when, there's no planning, there's no nothing. Yeah. It's more so just like, it'd, it'd be great to not be here. Yeah. You know, it's see you more, tomorrow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I described it like because I kept wondering why my life's not terrible. I have a great life. Yeah. And I I have gratitude and I and I love my life and I know that everything like this has been a great year for me and a lot of discovery and a lot of big things happening, you know, and it's been busy and everything that I could ask for. Um my question to my therapist this week was how do I make that matter? Mm. I struggle with... Why do I give a... F- yeah, things are great. Cool. Yeah. Don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I described it as like working at the... I'm working at a company... And, uh, somebody comes down and they're telling me how great the company's doing. Like, oh my God, we just uh, record sales and like all this stuff. And I'm in a fucking cubicle smoking a cigarette going, you know, I'll burn this fucking place down if you leave me alone long enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't give a fuck that sales yeah. are up.
0: I haven't gotten a raise in 10 years. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Congratulations. I don't
1: want to fucking be here. Yeah. And they're like, oh, the stocks. and Cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, uh, why don't you get a new job? Yeah. I got pension here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> not, yeah the, the idea of like, why don't you quit?
0: Mm. Yeah, and go to some other shithole? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, and just end up <laughs> back here. <again>. Yeah. <laughs> and um And so I was talking about that about that disconnect of why don't things matter and like how I know things are great, but I don't give a fuck. And you know, it just doesn't make being here any more pleasant. And yeah. And um, when we brought up gratitude again and she was talking about, well, you, you have gratitude. And she goes, I think what the frustrating thing for you is a lot of people will bridge those two worlds together with this, like everything is shit. And life isn't that bad. And like shut up and quit complaining. Like they try to blend those two worlds and bridge it with gratitude. Mm. But I've built that bridge and I'm still not happy. Yeah. Or I still don't want to be here. Right. I don't want to say I'm not happy. I'm I'm very happy. You know, whatever. No, you're not. Go ahead. (laughs) So so I built that bridge and it still doesn't work. And so she goes, I think what you're dealing with on top of that feeling of not wanting to be here. Is the frustration of building the bridge of gratitude and not working and now you're left with guilt and shame. You feel bad that you don't feel good. And buddy. It's the opposite. No, that unlocked it for me.
0: No, because during grief it's you feel guilty for, R- oh. for feeling good. Yes. And you've completed the cycle and now you yeah. feel guilty because you don't feel good.
1: Yeah fuck you did it <laughs> you beat the game Yay. so she said the answer is not uh i named the guy frank yeah. frank down in accounting you know <laughs> and I, so she goes you, you can't get rid of frank frank has a purpose frank works there for a reason yeah you can't fire frank yeah frank's,
0: frank's got frank's got a 10-page lawsuit in his top drawer <laughs> I dare you to
1: fire me. Frank's slipping on the way out. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so she said that, yeah, a lot of people think that the answer is is getting rid of Frank. Yeah. She said, no, the answer is how do you work with Frank?
0: You got to put your arm around Frank. Yeah. Oh, it's just like anxiety. Mm. I have, because I was talking about I didn't want to have a panic attack and cry. Right. Because I haven't had I haven't had a massive panic attack in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Shout out Lexapro. <laughs> Shout out Lexapro. Um, and the idea of doing that again is really scary. But you can't you cannot fear your anxiety. You have to accept that it's part of you and it's there with you. Mm-hmm. You got to put your arm around it and be like, "All right, a little anxious today. Let's get it." Same concept. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. Because Frank does add value to the company. Yeah. Frank. Frank's helping us right now. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, Frank writes jokes for me <laughs> when I do stand-up. Yeah. Frank, you know, Frank pulls his weight. Yeah. Um, so she brought up shadow work. And that's a term that I've heard be passed around the last few months. Yeah, I have no clue what it is. I I don't really either. And so I was asking her about it. And um, she's going to track down a workbook for me for shadow work because she doesn't deal in that that world. But um, uh, somebody in her office does. Nice. So she's going to ask them about shadow workbooks and all these things. Um, So shadow work from what I understand is just accepting those bad parts of you or those negative parts of you or Frank mm-hmm. and learning that, uh, learning how to work with them, shining a light on them, seeing why they're there, understanding them better. And so you can work with them better and implement them in your life. Like you are with the good things yeah. that are happening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I am very excited to <laughs> start working with Frank. Um yeah, because I, I and I and I agree with her. I do think I do think Frank adds value.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Frank um, can fix any problem. He's seen every version of software. Yeah, exactly. yeah.
1: He knows. Yeah. Yeah. Frank knows. Frank
0: knows everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really struggling with how to how do you make things matter? <sighs> you got the wrong guy. <laughs> I am
0: <laughs> I am constantly in an existential crisis. Yeah. I think I've honestly I don't know if this is helpful. I don't <laughs> think there I don't, I don't, think, think, I don't <laughs> think this is helpful. <laughs> It's always
1: a great way to start. I don't know if this helps. I don't
0: know if this is helpful, but I don't think there's a point to life.